Uh, Jack, Jack, quick moment of your time, please. How does it feel to finally discover the Villa Talks podcast? Um, best day of my life. Great, there you have it. Back to you at the studio. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Villa Talks podcast, another episode of the Lockdown Lowdown. And what a win yesterday against Crystal Palace, 10 men down, and somehow we've managed to win 3-0 and look entirely comfortable in that victory. Chadzi, mate, I absolutely love this team, mate. Tell me how you're feeling right now. Yeah, just delighted, mate. What a, what a Christmas, what a week it's been. Uh, we've said it a few times what a year it's been for us all, and Villa are there just to cheer us up. Um you know, it's a great tradition going to Villa Park with friends and family on Boxing Day and, you know, pretty sad that we weren't there to experience that yesterday. But the next best thing is being sat on your sofa and watching Villa just take apart uh, a pretty established Premier League team uh, with 11 men and then later on in the game with 10 men. Um, it was just a, such an accomplished performance, again, from, from 1 to 11. And I don't know how many times I'm going to have to say this this season, but for me, it's probably one of one of my favourite victories, you know, to, to look so accomplished and so assured um, and and really not look in any danger when we were down to 10 men of throwing away our lead was, for me, uh, such a sign of how far we've come under Smith. It's obviously his 100th game as manager and a superb way to celebrate it. He got absolutely everything spot on. We're, I'm sure we'll come on to the substitution he had to make when Mings was sent off. He got that right. He got the team selection right. He's been vindicated in in sticking with Courtney Hawes over the last few weeks. All his transfer dealings of are doing the business for him. The fringe players are doing the business, and you know we're up to six in the table with games in hand. And yes, we've got a, a tough run of fixtures coming up, but this is you know one of the, one of the best periods I can remember being a Villa fan for a long, long time. And like you said, it's a team that you can get behind, and uh, it's just it's just great to watch, mate. No, it really is. I mean, Jugsy, what? How do you think this team compares to previous teams that we've seen in our in our lifetimes? You know, I think from well, personally for myself, I saw the big Ron team. You know, but we've seen the Brian Little team, John Gregory team, Martin Neal team. You know, how how does this team compare to those teams, and how far do you think this team can go? Yeah, I think this team's got quite a unique style, and yeah, I think we in all areas are quite strong. And I think the way you need to sort of judge this team is how strong the Premier League is on a whole. You look at the squads like Fulham, even Southampton, teams like that. I mean, they've got an excellent team, excellent squads. And maybe in the 90s and early 2000s, there were some weaker teams. So, yeah, I mean, I think this team's got massive potential. Um, it's one of the youngest teams in the league as well, which, again, is great signs because they're only going to get better. And I think just our playing style is so great. I mean, we, we, we're attacking, we take the game to the opposition, but there's different ways we can attack. We're good on set pieces. We've got, obviously, the, the creative threat with Grealish. Watkins leads the line perfectly. And he's actually one of the best all-round strikers I think I've seen in the Villa shirt because he can do everything. He can hold up play. He can link play up, a bit like Dwight York would do. He's a threat as a poacher in the box. And his work rate and running the channels is a bit like Gabi Agbanlaor in his prime as well in terms of, yeah, getting um, the fullbacks under pressure and things like that. So... Yeah, I just feel like this team has got so many strengths. And what we've seen this season, which we lacked last season, was when the sort of fringe players or the squad players have come in, 
they've performed excellently. I mean, Courtney House, you've mentioned, who's done excellent. Traore, Al Ghazi, who've been great in the last few weeks. And again, um, both of them were on the score sheet yesterday, which which is, again, a, a massive positive. And I just thought we've got to give Martinez um, a, a bit of a shout because he just installed so much confidence into the team. And he was the difference yesterday because that first couple of minutes when Zahaga gets in, and another day, that's uh, Crystal Palace one and up. And Martinez was off his line, read the danger, made himself big and made a massive save. And that changed the momentum of the game because from that, we went to the other end and scored. So them little sort of decisions or, or, or little uh, moments of play, they make a massive difference to the result. And that's what we've improved our concentration um, and our sort of... Um, adapting as well in, in games just makes us so so different to what we were before I mean Chaz I mean what, what do you put it down to in terms of the squad players coming in because obviously you know, you know they've had a good couple of games but Barkley potentially was coming back in Conza was potentially coming back in we stick with the same side and the likes of House as Josie's mentioned now Ghazi Chore now stepping up you know I mean do you think it's the fact that Villa are, are doing well are playing well that they're coming into a team that's full of confidence do you think that helps massively or do you think that the that that year last year has has uh, been a massive help in terms of getting that experience in the Premier League. What would you put it down to? Yeah, I think um, it's a bit of everything. Obviously, I think confidence is key. If you're coming into a squad that's winning, playing in a team that's keeping clean sheets, playing with other players that are on a high and in in people like Grealish um, are in sort of the form of their careers, that obviously helps. But I also think the fact that we've got such a clear, clearly defined style of play means that every player clearly knows their roles. You know, as soon as you, you're asked to come in and play on the right or the left or drift inside, that's that's a defined style of play that everybody within that squad knows. So that there's no questions to be asked. Everybody knows what they've got to do. And with with the competition for places and players like Barkley um, still to come back, everybody knows that if they don't perform, it could be three, four, five weeks before they get another look in. So... It's the it's the um, relative strength in depth. I'm not going to make out that we've got you know huge strength in depth, and we're like Man United. We've got nine, ten, first team players on the bench because it's not the case. But we've got a really good little core now of 15 or 16 players that are all pushing each other, um, and that that's key, really, isn't it? It's what we missed last season. You could you could afford to have a couple of bad games last season and know that you'd probably still be getting a game. Um, so it's a mixture of things, and I think the coaching is. Is one of the key elements of that. Um, Smith's done an absolutely superb job with with his backroom staff, and they should get as much credit as anyone else for developing these players like Al Ghazi into Premier League players. Yeah, no, definitely. I think, uh, and obviously Craig Shakespeare coming in as well is obviously made an impact. How much of an impact we don't know, but it's, it's there to see um, and see what kind of team we're playing. I think, and it's more the mentality, isn't it? I think. Dee Smith said, you know, grown maturity, I think is, is a term he mentioned a few times uh, yesterday after the match. And, and definitely, you know, we, we seem to we seem to be a really competent Premier League team, uh, which we weren't last year. You know, we seem to know how to manage game situations. We seem to know what decisions to make. Uh, and we seem to know how to, you know, basically have that confidence that, you know, even though we, we went down to 10 men, uh, even though, you know, against West Brom, we weren't getting that second killer goal. You know, I think the team's got that confidence that they... Have got the ability uh, within that team, and with the likes of Jack, Ollie, etc. You know they've got the talent there up front to uh, 
to get those goals and and you know it's a matter of time rather than you know it's a when rather than an if I think for for for, for most of the time and I think that's that's telling in the way that we're playing and it's a massive shift you know six months ago what six months ten days ago we were you know we were what twenty odd points after twenty five games you know it's just a ridiculous turnaround it's something we couldn't expect it, it is Leicester esque isn't it uh, Chazzy wouldn't you say from what they did. Um, yeah, it is because it's with the same sort of core of players. Obviously, we've added some quality to it in, in Martinez, Watkins and a few others, definitely. But it is essentially a very similar group to the, the ones that made all of those mistakes last season. I think it's all of the mistakes and all of the um, issues that we had last season that have made us so resilient. You, you can't learn from, you can't improve on, you can't develop your game unless you do actually make those mistakes and get the opportunity to sit down as a squad, reflect on it, um, and then get back onto the training pitch and improve it. And, you know, Smith talks about it all the time that lockdown saved us. And it, it probably did to have those couple of months where they, they just studied video after video after video in their own time and, and looked at and learned from what we can do things better. You know, in the Premier League, it's fine margins. You know, there are not many times last season that we got thrashed, was there? There was just so many times that we came away from games, the what-ifs, the the, the the buts and the maybes. And it's this year, those fine margins are going our way. And that just 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 shows, like, the Premier League, what, what the opportunities are for, for moving up that table if you just tighten up in those key areas. And we've, we seem to have done that. And uh, long may it continue. Yeah, no, definitely. So, let, I mean, let's start with the with the match then and look at the first goal. Um, again, coming quite early on um, in the game. Um, excellent forward ball by John McGinn. Um, pass to Traore. Traore breaks forward. Um, their fullback's nowhere to be seen, really. Um, and uh, plays the ball through to Watkins. Watkins does really well. You know, takes his time. A little step over with the left foot. Has a good, really good shot, actually. Um, and, and it's a really good save by Gator. And then... You know, Traore, we've talked about it before, uh, no right foot. I don't know where that goal came from. I mean, I didn't, he didn't really hit it cleanly, let's be honest, but he managed to get it in. And an excellent start. Jugsy, what were your thoughts on that, on that first goal? Yeah, it was a great bit of play and shows again Watkins' strength. He pulled out wide, was quite intelligent with his run and uh, showed that bit of pace. He had the beating of Scott Dunn, obviously, who's probably not the quickest. And yeah, his shot was excellent. It was a great save actually by the keeper. And Traore as any good sort of attacking player, was great with the follow-up. And them sort of chances we've, we've missed, actually, with Trezeguet earlier in the season. So it was nice to took one of them away. And yeah, it was a great start. Obviously, getting the early goal just set the right tone for the team. And from that, I thought the first half, we were excellent. We had quite a few good chances. Obviously, Traore had that sort of mazy run, hit the post, was unlucky. I thought Grealish had a couple of good chances to get a shot away. He didn't quite manage that, which was frustrating. And... I thought we, we that run from Grealish when he was through on goal, um, he showed actually great honesty by staying on his feet because I thought he got a bit of a nudge from Zaha. And uh, on another day, if he went over, that could have easily been a pen and a red card. But Grealish probably did the right thing, got the shot away. And yeah, we looked dangerous in that first half. We had a great sort of uh, flexibility in our attack, especially on that left-hand side with Algarzi and Grealish. Watkins was obviously the willing runner, um, linked to play really well and held up Dan and Kuate, who are pretty sort of strong centre-backs. And yeah, I thought McGinn was excellent as well in that first half, made some nice key passes. And Target and Cash were sort of more reserved in, the, in, the, in their sort of attacking runs, but we just looked like a threat. And we should have been sort of two or three up, really, in that first half. And then obviously we have that big sort of talking point with, with Mings and that red card and that first yellow. So what, what do you think of, what do you guys make of that? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, Ch- I mean, Chaz, what are your thoughts? First of all, obviously, Chora hit the post as well. I forgot about that. Um, it was another another talking point as well. And I thought he he was unlucky not to uh, stay on the pitch the second half because he was excellent that first half. But I mean, on the yellow card, I mean, what, what, Chaz, what do you think of the first one? I'm not. Re- I mean, the second one I understand, uh, but but the, but the but the first one I'm not really sure about to be honest. To be honest, mate, I think if you watch it back, Mings has got no complaints whatsoever. Um, he doesn't argue with the referee. He, he accepts his punishment. And there's a part of me that thinks he, he might have felt he got away with one there because, you know, potentially VAR could have intervened. He, it was a bit of a stamp in motion. I'm not being soft, you know. I'm, I don't think it was a red card or anything like that. But I do think that Mings was potentially worried that it could have could have escalated. So I think he was happy just to take the yellow card and move on. But, you know, Zaha's done a job on him there. He's wound him up. Um, he's he's forced the yellow card, and then five minutes later, he's obviously skinned him and got him sent off. And I think it's it's a valid red card, two yellows, and and Mings had no complaints. You know, we saw his tweet last night. I think he owned up to it. So for me, no complaints. But I'm just delighted that. Um, did, did you see the little argy bargy b- b- yeah, before? Yeah, that's, that, that's that, Mings. That Zaha sort of. Uh, Pushing him in the stomach a little bit. Yeah, and that's Zaha's done a job on him. You know, if you want to be an international player at the top level, you can't get wound up like that and fly into someone 10 seconds later. You've just got to play the game. So, you know, I think Mings will look on that with with a few regrets, to be honest. But it's a bit like everything, you know, people are either absolutely slating Mings or fully getting behind him. You know, he's just another footballer in in a game getting a red card happens every single week in every every league throughout the world so it's not a big deal it's just these things happen in sport and you know I'm sure you'll learn from it and luckily for us the team adapted really well we've got a quality player in concert to come off the bench and um you know f- somehow we looked even more assured <laughs> at 10 men so uh, another great opportunity now for for Smith to look at uh, another defensive partnership and Potentially in in a few few days' time after the Chelsea game, he's got a tough decision to make whether Mings comes back in or not. Do you, I mean, do you think that their sending off actually helped us in the end um, because it allowed us to play more of a counter attacking game? Maybe I don't know. I think I think the fact that we created so many chances with ten men, um, I'd, I'd like to believe we would have created as many, if not more, with eleven because Palace would still have had to come on to us in that last half an hour if it if they were still one nil down. So. I suppose we'll never know, but the fact that we've gone and done it um, is, you know, it's just another sort of feather in the cap for the team in terms of their confidence in future games. You know, next time we go down to ten men, there's a blueprint there. You know, we know how to play. We've got that in the memory bank that we we can be solid. We can still keep a clean sheet. We can still offer a threat on the break. And it's all these little experiences that just keep adding up and adding up. And eventually, you you become a team that feels like they've got everything in their locker. And it, it that it does come back to that sort of confidence issue. So, yeah, uh, an outstanding day, really. I mean, before Jags, before we go on to the, the second half and the, and the wonderful forward play of Jack Grealish, Ghazi, Watkins, etc. Let's talk about the defenders. First off, House obviously playing his third game in a row. Another clean sheet for him. Konza coming in uh, after Mings was sent off. And then our favourite pair, Targo and Cash. Um, you know, Excellent again, fullbacks, especially Target, Matt Target. You know, uh, we've got a little thing going on on the Villa Talks uh, Twitter page called the Target Trajectory of, of how he keeps on improving, improving, improving. I mean, how far? I mean, do you think he's got a chance of getting an England squad firstly? And also, you know, what would you make of the rest of the defence as well? Yeah, I think they were excellent to a man. And Courtney House, I thought that was a big call by Smith because Conce has been so consistent this season. 
But Courtney House just gives us that physicality at the back. He's so strong in the air. He's quite quick as well for a centre back. So just physically, he's quite dominant. So great, great call by Smith, who got every decision right yet again. And yeah, I mean, Target and Cash, they, their performance was was perfect. They were aggressive, tight on their wingers, got the tackling early. I mean, I don't think Target lost a duel, um, which is, yeah, exceptional because we were down, obviously, one man less. And yeah, Cash was obviously really aggressive against Zaha, won a lot of the 50-50s and gave him probably a tough, tough day, really. And um, yeah, I think going forward, Target's got a great chance because... Left-back is probably one the one area with England where we're lacking a bit of depth. We've got Chilwell, who's probably first choice, but there isn't probably many other good options there. So, yeah, Target, if he pushes himself, why not? Why can't he make that squad? And he's shown, again, massive improvement this season. Defensively, he feels, well, I feel he's a bit more switched on. He knows his job and he's still providing that attacking threat because he's quite a good uh, te- technical player in that final third. So, He's got the balance just right for me, I think. Before, I think last season, we were a bit too adventurous and Target was doing a lot of overlapping runs and sometimes we were getting caught out in the back. But um, I thought, yeah, Smith has got the balance right. And yeah, I think going forward, it just gives us a bit more confidence knowing that, you know, I mean, if we're missing either Conter or Mings, we've got a centre-back like House who can step in and, and do a good job. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I think that's, that bodes well. You know, we were a bit worried about a defensive cover um, before the season started and initially in the beginning of the season, you know, worried if one of Mings or Conda gets injured, what happens then? And, you know, obviously House has stepped in marvellously. And, you know, I definitely think the games have suited him as well. Um, I think uh, the game against Burnley, especially as his type of game, playing against Benteke as well. I can see why Smith kept him in the team uh, because of that aerial prowess he has. You know, he's so good in the air. Uh, and he obviously capped off with a, with a wonderful goal. Um, you know, and, and, and I mean... Obviously, first half. I mean, a big there was a big decision to be made. Uh, one thing we haven't touched upon: a big decision to be made after Mings got sent off about who should come off. I think most people thought El Ghazi would come off, uh, but Truro made way. Josie, were you surprised with that change, or, or can you see the sense in that? No, to be honest, I was backing that change. I thought Smith made the right decision because El Ghazi, I think, offers a bit more sort of threat in terms of on the counter attack because he is quicker than Truro. He's stronger. He probably carries the ball. Uh, at a better distance than, than Truro. So I thought that was the right decision. Um, and it obviously paid off because, yeah, Ghazi got that assist. Well, got the cross in, won the foul for the second goal, got the cross in and obviously scored that wonderful third goal. And again, Smith's game plan was perfect for me where he told his full-backs just to tuck in, stay tight um, and not to, yeah, attack too much. Um, left Grealish to support Watkins and be be a threat once he gets that ball in that final third. Um, and Douglas, Louise and McGinn, I mean, I don't know how much ground they covered in that second half, but their performance was just excellent. They were up and down that pitch and if one of them attacked, one of them sat and them two made that difference in that, in that second half. I know we talk a lot about Watkins and I think Smith gave him a bit of a mention um, in, in his presser to say that he's a perfect striker for for a team with, with 10 men. But McGinn, um, it was a bit Rotherham-esque actually, his performance, because he was like a, a man possessed. He was like a man and a half on that pitch. And him and Dougie, I mean, they covered so much distance and they just dominated that Palace midfield. They won every second ball. They were a threat from an attacking perspective. Just a perfect all-round performance. So I've got to give them a lot of credit. And Look, that team performance, that was something, I think it was one of the best performances of the season personally for me and one of the best performances I've seen from a team um, from yeah, in a villa shirt, I think. 
Um, you could rate them all nine or ten out. Yeah, nine or ten for their performance. That's, that's how good they were. So credit goes to the to the team, and, and Smith got the, the the decisions spot on again. Yeah, and, and it was interesting to see that Dougie was the one getting forward rather than McGinn. Uh, McGinn was given more of a uh, more of a shielding role in that second half, uh, probably because of what you said. You know, he can play like that man and a half, like he did against Rotherham. He can cover so much ground when, you know, when they do break that forward line because we were still pressing quite a lot in that second half and uh, creating chances, etc. But Dougie was the one supporting, getting forward, you know, getting on that right hand side, interacting with with Al Ghazi and and Matty Cash and and trying to break forward. So, you know, obviously it was a it was a tactical decision there by Smith and it, and it obviously worked. I mean, I mean, Chadzi, let's, let's talk about the team before we go on to Watkins and Grealish. Um, and I want to talk about running stats as well. You know, we got an XG, you know, we love, we, we love talking about XG here. Um, we got an XG. Well, I've seen some say 4.83 and another one says uh, over five. And the one that says over five is apparently we're the first team to get over five XG uh, since Man City. Uh, and then that we're the only second team to ever do that since the records have ever been you know, been started back in 2014, I think it was, to be to be down to ten men and to get an extra year above five. Yeah, I mean that is and that with is with with thirty with 39% percent possession as well, and I think that just shows how how effective our attack is, um, how efficient our attack is. You know, we can keep the ball for long periods if we want to. We've got good enough technicians to pass it around that midfield, a bit like we did against West Brom. Keep the ball in the wide channels, wait for the space to open up in the middle. We can do that when we want to. But when we're at our most effective is when we're bang, 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 two or three quick passes and we're away. And for me, the the chance that probably um, demonstrates that more than anything is when um, Elmo, just after Elmo had came on, he, he, um, an incisive pass inside to McGinn. McGinn, first time ball, he pinged it into Watkins' feet. Watkins, superb touch, laid it off to Jack. Jack, one-two, straight back to him into the channel and he was through one-on-one um, with Gaeta and he, he hit sort of pretty tame left foot shot at, at the keeper. But that was, you know, a pretty, um, you know, a, a moment on the right-hand side where we didn't look like there was any danger from a Crystal Palace perspective. And within three passes, we were through one-on-one essentially. And uh, and that, for me, that just, just shows, like I said, how efficient our attack is. And we, we've got some excellent players that, they're all technically good enough to, to do this, but they just all seem to be on the same wavelength. I mean, the link up between Grealish and Watkins, you know, later on, you know, we've all waxed lyrical about that reverse ball that Jack played um, into Watkins. But Watkins has seen that before anyone. He's made that run. He knows Jack's good enough to thread that ball through there. But it's Watkins that's seen the opportunity. He's correct. He's made the run. Obviously, he's hit the post. It wasn't his day in front of goal. But yeah, outstanding, mate. Like you said, to to come away with the next year between four or five or five plus, having having played the majority of the game with 10 men and only had 39% possession, just to show what what a threat we've got in that attacking third and all credit to all of the players and and how they're linking up. Yeah, and, and I think one thing, you know, two things that have been missing from Villa teams, I think, since I've been watching them, ever since the big, big Ron days and yeah, the early Brian Little days has been movement and having enough players in the team who are comfortable on the ball. We've always had exciting players. We've always had individuals, uh, you know, like Sebastian Young, Gareth Barry, you know, all these types of players who have been decent on the ball, good on the ball and exciting to watch, but we've never had a team of them. And really, I think this is the most exciting team I've seen since those early days, because we've got a team full of players who are comfortable on the ball. Yeah. And more importantly, when we have the ball, 
you know, there's movement in front of them. There's not just statues, which I, I've seen so many times with Villa, even under Martin and Neil, you know, there were, there were times where, especially at home, where we would struggle to break teams down because, you know, there was just a lack of movement. We were so rigid. We were playing that four four two through the lines. You know, it was just very basic stuff. But now you're seeing the way that having those inverted wingers helps massively, but then having the likes of Jack Grealish as well is, is a massive, massive influence on that because he takes players out of the game and it means that there's so much happening. But I think one of the more important things is the signing of Ollie Watkins. Um, you know, I think Wesley had a hard time last year and, you know, he had some good games, had some bad games, had some indifferent games. But I think what Watkins has done is added a bit more mobility to our team. And, you know, if we're talking about mobility, let's look at the let's look at the, the running stats, which is just, I mean, I didn't realise it because, we, you know, you don't really get to see running stats um, because they the clubs tend to keep them guarded. So you see all the other stats about, you know, tackles, interceptions, shots and goal, all this XG, all that kind of stuff. But you never really see running stats. And yesterday, match of the day, they, they showed some. And John McGinn, by well, no surprise really, is, is top with 136.5 Ks run in the season so far. But second is Ollie Watkins with 133.2 Ks. I mean, Chazzy, for a striker to run the second most in the team. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I've never seen that before. I've never seen a, a striker that willing to run. And, and you know, Jugsy talked about McGinn being one and a half players. Well, Watkins was easily one and a half or two players. The way that he pressed, he occupied all four defenders at times as well. Yeah, he's absolutely outstanding. And I tweeted last night that, you know, he the chances are going to start going in for him and he's going to get at least 15 goals this season just by his sheer work rate. He's always in, in the right areas. He's always making those runs. Sometimes he gets picked out, sometimes he doesn't. But defensively, you know, we've talked about it so many times. He sets the tone with that press. He harasses defenders. He puts pressure on the goalkeeper. He cuts out that easy passing lane through to midfield. Yesterday, Smith said after the game that there's no striker in the league that he would have preferred to lead the line um, with 10 men. Um, and he's absolutely spot on. And um, he's just been such a superb signing and seems like a, a genuinely nice lad as well who you can really get behind and we're all desperate for him to succeed. And, you know, I don't think he should be too harsh on himself. He's already got the six goals and he is succeeding. You know, the influence he's had on this team is success for me, whether he, the goals are going in from at the minute or not. We're sixth in the table and he's probably been our, our most key player at, apart from Jack, obviously, in that in that sort of um, rise up the table. So, excellent value for money, like we keep saying, and I'm sure the goals will come. But, you know, even if he doesn't score another goal for the rest of the season, it's it's his work that's meaning El Ghazi, Traore, Courtney Horse yesterday, his goal was from, from Watkins beating his man, having more aggression, getting to the ball, winning that 50-50 to head it against the crossbar. You know, all, all of these chances and all of these goals seem to be coming from Watkins' work elsewhere. Even Traore's side foot pass against Baggies, that's because Watkins takes two defenders the other way. So, yeah, if you watch the game and analyse it closely, um, he's doing so much good work. And Dean Smith, you know, that's not going unnoticed from Dean Smith and he's the only person that matters. Yeah, and I think of that distance covered, that's 265 sprints in total, which is, again, highest in the team by far just shows his energy levels that's a remarkable achievement really because uh, he doesn't stop at all and them high sort of speed sprints take a lot out of you and he's also also holding off defenders doing all that as well so it just shows what a valuable signing he's been this year and he deserves more goals and it's, he's been unfortunate but I think that's the one negative as a team we should have been a bit more clinical this season and that's something that hopefully we will improve because we deserve a lot more from our performances a lot more goals and there's a couple of games where we haven't really got the points we've deserved and again 
we're sitting in fifth or sixth or wherever we are currently and we could be a lot higher and that's something quite strange to think about really because you know, I mean we should be happy with that currently but we could easily be sort of three or four points higher than that um, and just shows again what steps we've taken this season and we, I feel with, with Barkley his signing uh, gave us a massive positive but with him missing we've still been um, great as a side and we've adapted and the, the wingers have stepped up which again sort of surprised me to be honest I thought we might struggle without Barkley because he made such a huge difference to us so it only bodes well for the future and all of a sudden we've got this January transfer window and we're probably not under pressure to buy anyone because we've got a good enough squad to sort of meet our ambitions and meet our targets this season so again uh, a big positive uh, for the team the recruitment and yeah Smith and the backroom staff have obviously got it spot on again yeah, yeah, and, and for those um, wondering, Jack Grealish is third in the running stats with 124.2k. Um, I bet you the majority of that is with the ball as well. Um, for, so for those fans and naysayers who say Jack doesn't work hard enough, and you get a few pundits who say that it's a very very lazy accusation that that pundits have um, against Jack. You know, he he's one of the hardest workers in the team, and, and those stats show it. And again, you know, we won't talk too much about Jack because he's just it's just Jack. You know, he's he's the best player in the league for me right now, and I think for most people. He's just amazing. And, and you know, for him to be given that license in the second half to just say, look, Jack, work back when you need to, but try and stay high up the pitch. Uh, and, you know, it worked massively. And and we saw that with the third goal. Uh, you know, Jack broke. Courtney House cleared it. Jack took the ball on, broke forward with pace, played an excellent through ball to Ollie Watkins. Ollie Watkins couldn't quite control it, got away from it slightly, but then he sort of, almost teed up El Ghazi and said, here, go have a shot. And I mean, what a finish, Chadzi, from, from that angle. El Ghazi, yeah. again, another player full of confidence, four goals in four games. I mean, what, what a strike and, and what performance that second half as well. Yeah, brilliant. And, you know, Jugsy alluded to it earlier, the, the decision to leave him on was the right one. For me, it was the obvious one. And it, he, he proved Smith right. You know, he was the one that won the foul high up the pitch for the second goal. He put the cross in as well for the second goal that led to Horsey's header. And then obviously that third goal, confidence through the roof. He's had a key key part in, in the success over the last sort of two weeks. And what I love about him is that he's never he's never shy of having a pop. You know, there, there are times where if you let yourself become frustrated, you can get a bit angry with him for continually shooting. And I know Jack sometimes gives him a bit of stick, but he's clearly been given the license to do that by Smith or else he wouldn't keep getting picked and you know with with his quality his technical ability sometimes it is going to go in and that was the perfect perfect finish just to sort of bend it and and whip it into that far top left corner it's always great when it goes in off the post and um, he deserved it mate I'm just just so pleased for him you know there's some absolute cretins out there that have given him stick on on Twitter and forced him off social media in the past. And I don't want to be too negative, but, you know, I hope, I hope people that have slagged off some of these players like Al Ghazi and Target in the past are, are um, having a, having a quiet word with themselves because they've been proven, been proven wrong. And whether, whether these lads play well or not, um, they're a squad that are likable. You can get behind them. And if, if you just back them, uh, get positive energy behind the players in the club, these, these lads will make us proud. And, you know, we are going to lose three games, four games on the trot at some point in the season, but just stick with it, you know, stick with the lads. That's that's what I keep saying. So I don't want to keep banging on about it, but a bad spell is coming, you know, so don't don't revert to type. Don't 
start slating the players again. Don't start getting on the backs. These are, these are the boys that we should get behind and um, they'll make us proud come the end of the season, I'm sure. You know, could have had a couple of other goals there. Watkins was unlucky hitting the post again um, and then another shot straight at the keeper. But it's mad to say, you know, we we should have won 5-6-0 in that game. It's crazy to say, considering we're down to 10 men. But what a performance. For me, the best performance. And I, keep, I seem to keep saying this after every game, but that's the best performance of the season for me so far. Uh, to do that. I know Crystal Palace aren't in a great vein of form, but, you know, any any Premier League team that goes to 10 men is going to be difficult. And we really played like, I said this yesterday on Twitter, we played like a top four team. You know, when a top four team goes down to 10 men, they still create chances and still do well on the ball. And that's how we played. And we looked comfortable. And, and Crystal Palace really didn't have a sniff. You know, they had some shots from range that Martinez was entirely comfortable with. And that was the story of the game, really. It was, an, it was a comfortable victory, but it was comfortable because of the effort and determination that the players put in. Yeah. Uh, I just saw us... Yeah, say, um, I thought it was just great strength of character and mental strength. I think that's the difference this season. I think Villa teams of old would have sat back and conceded early on in that second half and then Palace would have come on to us and we would have lost that game easily. But this season, it's a massive shift. It's concentration. It's organisation from the from this coaching staff and the manager. And it's mental strength, which is just as important as sort of skill and ability sometimes. Um, because football, you know what I mean? Once you're organised, you've got a game plan. Tactics are a massive important part of football. Um, so I thought, yeah, the strength, mental strength of the side, being positive, knowing your game plan, um, just was just as important yesterday as, as sort of the skill and the output. Yeah, no, definitely. I think so. And that's such an important part of, of football, especially at the elite level. And we seem to have it. And I think the the experience of last season has been a massive factor in that as well. But um, moving on now, and um, before we move, go into the Chelsea game, we've also got to do the prize draw for the, for the competition. Let's quickly uh, talk through some of the comments and questions that we've had. We've had so many, um, honestly. Um, it's the most we've ever had, I think. So I'm not going to be able to rattle them all off, but I'll try as many as I can. Um, Assad says, fight, grit, and determination. I would also start eating my hat on Traore. I think Juggs is the same with that one as well. What's uh, Hornser says, what's a reasonable points total for my next four league fixtures at Chelsea, Man U, Spurs and Everton? Try not to get too carried away. Chadzi, game by well, game? or Well, yeah, I suppose it, it is a difficult spell, isn't it? If, if we get five, six points, I think we would have done really well. Um, it's, a, it's a really tough period, you know, Chelsea, not a great result for them yesterday, but a good side at, at Stamford Bridge. Manchester United are an excellent team with excellent players. Spurs are, have been up there in the title challenge and have got two of the best players in the league and Everton are, are flying high as well. So, you know, I think this is going to be a defining period for us as to whether we're going to be in that top eight or whether we're going to be in that sort of ninth to 14th region. Um, but, you know, the way we're playing the confidence we've got, our ability to be so clinical and efficient on the counter-attack. There's no reason we can't go and win a couple of these games. So, you know, I'd, I'd definitely take five or six points, but, you know, let, let's aim for seven, nine. Why not? Let, let's let's have a real go at it and let's have no regrets because there is an opportunity for us to do something quite special this season. So we, if we can come out of this period with a good a good chunk of points, then the sky's the limit, really. Yeah, and the Villa Park podcast asks, can we do a Leicester? Well, I think, uh, well, we're all secretly hoping we can, but obviously I think realistically we've got to be aiming for that 
that top eight position that, that Chad is talking about, maybe in Europe, if, depending on injuries, et cetera, and how we do in, in those games. Uh, but an, another good podcast to listen to, guys, are from the Northeast Lions. So check out their podcast. It's on Twitter, uh, a Villa Park pod, all one word. Uh, Jess asked, the addition of quality players in the summer has accelerated the progression of the existing squad members. The competition for places appears to be delivering more quality performances from fringe players, which is exactly what you need from the Premier League squad. Yeah, I think we've we've said that already and completely agree with that. Dennis says, stick or twist in January with additions to the squad. How many do we add if we do? Um, I think, you know, I agree with Jogzi. I think we're no rush to buy players. If the right player comes along and they can add to our squad, then add to our team, then, you know, why not? We'll have a look at it. But I think Lange probably would probably be... Uh, Busy in January. I think if we're going to get anyone, it's going to come from abroad. I think it's going to be very difficult to buy from Premier League teams in this current environment, but I guess we will see. George uh, says, Grealish, McGinn and Target all in four yellows. I'm not sure all three will make it to Amnesty Milestone. I think we will see one of these ever-present miss a game soon. Barkley could be very important to games happen. If this happens, hopefully we don't go all booked at the same game. And Ads replied, tactical yellows in the Man United game so they can miss the Liverpool FA Cup game. I'm pretty sure it includes cup games this year. Interesting move. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. But I mean, injuries and and suspensions will happen. So this is where the squad comes in and we've already seen how good the squad can be on their day. So hopefully it's uh, it's not terrible for us if they miss a game or two. Uh, Mark Hines says, dominant performance. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Gaz Oaks, how long will the form of Galgazi last? We've seen it before, but is this possibly his best run or has he just found it? Uh, I mean, Chazzy... I, wingers are inconsistent, aren't they? So, you know, we, you, you made the point, we can't really get on their backs even, even if they had a bad game or two. Um, you know, we've seen it before with Villa. We've lost against Leeds, Southampton, and bad game against Brighton. You know, you could have, you know, there were fans getting on Smith's back. I've, I saw a few tweets about if Smith loses the next game, then we've got to be considering, you know, <laughs> you know I, I saw it. I, I definitely saw it. Um, and, you know, it's, it's just crazy, isn't it, considering what we've done this season. Yeah, and uh, they, players like Algarzi, Traore, even Grealish, you know, they cannot maintain this form for 38 games. It's it's actually impossible, physically and mentally impossible to sustain these these performance levels for a, a long period of time. So there are going to be dips, there are going to pe- be peaks and troughs. So let's just hope they don't all come at the same time. And, you know, when Algarzi has a dip or Jack has a, has a dip, then Barkley and, and McGinn step up as an example. So... We just we just got to hope they don't come at the same time and and keep backing them like I said. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I agree. Uh, Josie Seb asks, "Is Ming's going to find it hard retaining his place after the Chelsea game? Obviously, we don't know what's going to happen in that game. Conzer and House could have a have a nightmare. But considering how Smith has been with his team and his squad of giving players who play well a chance, do you, I mean, do you think Ming's will find it hard to get back in the team? I think Ming's has quite an important role. He's a leader. He's a communicator. So I think that that role gets underplayed sometimes. And I think he's the first choice centre back. And I think Smith would think that as well. So I would have him back in. I just think we're a better side with him. He has obviously good balance because he's a bit better on the ball than I'd say Courtney House is. Um, and yeah, I think he's, he's, he's had a bad game. Um, but the season he's been excellent and worthy of all the plaudits so you can't knock him just after a bad game and sometimes you've got to back the key man in these situations if McGinn or Grealish did something similar would we look to drop them if Nakamba or Trezeguet were performing well probably not so I'd I'd hold Mings up to that sort of level of player in the squad yeah I agree with that definitely uh Josh says the closest I can remember us looking to the best days under MON Martin O'Neill Palace were not very good at all. However, a clear game plan from us and a desire to keep scoring all game. Genuinely believe now we could look at top six finish if we're sensible and get some luck along the way. Definitely agree with that. 
Uh, Nason's made some interesting points, um, a couple here. Um, the competition places bought, bought the best in some of the fringe players. It seems nobody dare have two bad games in a row. Fought for Watkins again, he done everything but score. It's conceivable in our upcoming fixtures we come away with some defeats, uh, even though I can't see it knocking confidence too much. And then lastly, he made a point, and this is important, to show the, the progress that we made. Last Christmas, 10 men beat 11, 3-0. And Villa were involved in that game. And it was Watford three, Aston Villa nil, and that was one of the worst. That was one of the lowest I've felt as a fan for for years, including the Championship games, because I just didn't think there was any coming back from that. And to see this a year later, I mean, Chazzy, what what an absolute turnaround, isn't it? It is, and um, I think I think, like I said earlier, that we seem to have demonstrated the ability to win with ten men to hold on to leads, to keep clean sheets, to do all of the things last season that we couldn't do. And like I said, that that does add up mentally and you start to build that resilience that you can overcome all challenges. I think the one thing that we're probably missing so far or we haven't demonstrated so far is the ability to come from behind and win a game. So, you know, I think the stats show that every time we score first, we win, which is great. But every time we concede first, we've lost. I think I'm right in saying that. Yeah. So, you know, in the next couple of weeks when we do go behind or if we do go behind early, I want to see I want to see us fight and get back in the game, get a point, maybe come back from behind and win. So that's probably the one thing this team still needs to prove to itself it can do. Um, and once, once we've done that, we've sort of, I'm not saying we're the complete team, but I mean, mentally, we've sort of completed all of the, the um, challenges that we couldn't overcome last season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the last game we did that was against Watford, wasn't it? When we uh, Dean yeah. scored and we came back, and you know that's that. You know, we haven't done it since. So again, yeah, it's definitely an element uh, we need to improve on. A um, few more questions and, and comments. Then Dave Galloway says there's great buzz around VP and Bodymore Heath. It's showing performances, not to mention John McGinn and the Christmas turkey routine. Yeah, absolutely love that. And it's showing the camaraderie in the team spirit, but you know it's easy to say that when you're winning. But I think that, that a lot of that stems from from last year as well, and the togetherness has come from that. And you saw it at the end of last season, uh, and I think the fact that we came overcome that challenge is uh, obviously helped massively for in terms of our mentality this season. Durham Beer Singh says Matt Target in our top five players this season, underrated King. Yeah, I mean we already talked about him. He's just he's been so consistent this season, and again. You know, they, weirdly, I don't know why Crystal Palace tried to do everything on the right-hand side, which is the, probably the weakest side um, yesterday. And, and Target was, you know, defending against two men at, at times and he was just fantastic. But considering they've got Eze and Zaha and, and, and those kinds of players playing, normally play off the left, they didn't really do much from that side. So it was quite surprising to see. It. Not really sure what their game plan was. Um, Villa Zach OT says, can Villa really get European football? Jason replied, yes, and I agree with him. Uh, Nels Nelslow says the second half performance is as good as I've ever seen from us, reminding of the Atkinson years. Yeah, I agree with that. Plus, Matt Target unrecognisable from last season. Don't mind being wrong about him. Yeah, and lastly, what Andy Keane and Watkins' goal will come, doing everything right, just not going for him. I think we want him to score as much as he does. Man of the match today, also Target played well. Oh, guys, it was a banger. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, just all round fantastic. Very positive comments. Um, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, it could all change in these next few games, but. You know, we've said this before. We've all mentioned this before. Chaz has mentioned this before. He said, you know, if you if you believe in this team after these few games we've won and, and the early start of the season, how well, how good we were, then you believe in this team when we lose a few games as well. Because you we know you know we've got it in us. You know this team's got talent. You know they've got the mentality. And, you know, we're, we are still a team learning and adapting and developing. So there will be times this season where 
doesn't go right for us. You know, that's just the way it works. Uh, but we've got to stay behind the team and, and hopefully these next few games are coming thick and fast. You know, there's, there's a couple of days gap between each of them. Hopefully don't get too many injuries and we, we manage to get them on, out of them unscathed and, and we get a few points. But, you know, this team can be anyone on their day and we've seen that with the Liverpool game. So the next game up is Chelsea. Um, they have had a, have had a, a bit of, well, a fairly bad run really recently, beating, obviously losing to Arsenal. Um, and and they lost against was it against Everton before um, the previous game or Leicester I can't quite remember now uh, but anyway they've they've lost a couple of games didn't look very great didn't look very good against Arsenal Arsenal were by far the better side until the last sort of five minutes um, Josie what are your thoughts on that on that Chelsea game Yeah I think it'd be an interesting one um, obviously one day recovery for both teams so I think there'd be a few changes especially from Chelsea's side because I think their their sort of key signings this season haven't really worked out as well as they thought. But yeah, I mean, they've got a great squad. They're still going to be a good team. So um, it's going to be an interesting one. Obviously, we've got no Mings. And uh, I'm not sure if Smith will make any more changes. Um, I think we've had a really bad hand with the fixtures. Um, Obviously, one day recovery time is not great. And then four days later, we play Man United. So um, yeah, the fixtures haven't really worked out great for us. But we can't complain. We have to just move on. Um, Yeah, I think... With, with Chelsea, I think Giroud will play up front. So he, he's probably been the, the best out of their forward players this season. Um, I think one thing that Chelsea are really good on are set pieces. I think Mount's deliveries from corners are exceptional and, and Tiger Silva and Zuma are, are, are good in the air. So that's one area I think we need to be to be, to be be sharp on. Um, so maybe change how we defend corners because I think they're going to be a threat. But again, um, I think given our lack of sort of squad depth, I'll take a point for sure. Um, and more importantly, try and come out of that game injury-free. I think that's going to be the most important aspect. Um, if we can obviously keep a, a fit squad and a, a fit a key eleven, I think that, that would be uh, important. I think the difference between us and Chelsea, obviously, they've got some quality players, but we we know our best lineup, don't we? We know our tactics. We know how how we want to play. It still feels to me like Lampard's trying to trying to fit all his new signings into the side. Some have settled, some haven't. Um, so, you know, whilst it is a very tough fixture, I think I think it's very easy to say, uh, be worried about their boxing day result and think they're going to come back wanting to prove a point against us. And, and I'm sure they will. But for me, they're there for the taking. You know, this is probably out of all of the upcoming games, the United, Everton and Tottenham game, this is probably the most winnable game for me. Um, so I think we should really go there and have a go. Last season, we were a bit passive there. We let we let them have the ball. I went to that game in December. We let them have the ball. We didn't really apply ourselves from an attacking perspective, and we just sort of, uh, yeah, we we were really passive and just let ourselves let ourselves get steamrolled. Really. So yeah. I hope tomorrow we go there, play with confidence, impose ourselves, and uh, I'm feeling quite confident about it. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I think. Go on, Emma. I was going to say they've they've lost three of the last four games. Looking at the the fixtures, you know, Everton they lost one 0 Wolves so they lost two one, and Arsenal three one. They've only beaten West Ham three 0 West Ham were pretty poor that day, I remember. Although they had a few chances on the break. Yeah, I was saying it's actually a good time um, in the season to play these sort of teams where the games are back to back, and they're probably going to rotate their squad. And there's niggles and injuries. It sort of brings it to an even keel. So yeah, I think it's. I was saying the fixtures have not been great for us in terms of timing, but. It's probably a good time to play the likes of Chelsea United. Hopefully, they'll have a few sort of changes and injuries and we can take advantage of that. So, yeah, it'll be an interesting one in the next week. Yeah. All right. Let's get uh, predictions then. 
Chadzi, what do you think? 2-2. Two, 2-2, two. Two, two. yeah. I'm, I'd probably go with that. I'd agree with that. I think that's what I'm going to go for. 2-2, two, two. Jugsy, your thoughts? 2-1, Chelsea. Sorry. 2-1, Always negative jugs. I'm trying to. I'm trying to change your perception of you here. Nah, then yeah, I don't want to be disappointed. So anything better than that will be great. All right, fine. Okay, yeah, I think it's going to be a difficult one. I think um, with Ming's missing, I think people don't realise. Jugs made this point earlier. What he brings to the team in terms of his organisational skills, and you know, he's he's the one telling Jack he's got players on, or you know, he's got options on the left or right. You know, he's the one dictating that that team and how we play a lot of the time. So I think it'll be miss. It'll, it'll be a big miss, but. You know, Conzer and House have shown that they can step in. So hopefully we uh, we get a result. But I think, it, you know, I'll take a draw definitely right now. Um, but we'll see. And the game's coming thick and fast, like I said. So hopefully you don't get too many injuries. But we'll obviously be back with a review of that game as well. Um, before we go, um, just want to quickly do the prize draw. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to record this. We're doing this. I'm doing this online. I've got about 25 names, I think, um, for the prize draw. Um, so let's have a quick go at this one. Give me one second. I've got the names in. I'm going to pick a name out of the hat. And the winner is Joseph Murphy. Well done, Joseph Murphy. Out of the 25 or 24 names, you are the winner. Um, I'll send you I'll send you a DM on Twitter about details, but that will be posted out to you uh, in the next week or so. Winner, so winner, done, chicken dinner. Winner, winner, chicken dinner, as Jack Bruce would say. Uh, but excellent win. That's a great prize. That is a Black History Month special we did a couple of months ago. It's a lovely, uh, lovely design done by by Dan uh, there. But yeah, excellent win. Well done, Joe. Um, I'll call you Joe. It might be Joseph, but anyway, either way. Uh, well done, mate. Uh, but thank you for listening again. Thanks, Chads and Jugsy, for joining us again and going through the game. Excellent insight as always. We'll be back in the next day or two with the review of the Chelsea game. If you haven't seen our Dwight York interview, please do check it out. Uh, it's been some excellent feedback and really, really appreciate it. We've had nearly a thousand views on YouTube already, which is great. Um, and, uh, you know, really good feedback and, you know, some people love him, some people hate him, but I think it's really worthwhile interview to listen to and hear his side of the story, but check it out. It's on YouTube. It's on, it's on all the audio platforms, whatever you, whichever way you want to listen to it, check it out. But thanks again. And, uh, you know, please do subscribe and follow if you haven't already. We're on all the major uh, podcast platforms if you're on apple leave a review and rating helps us out a lot we're on twitter at villa podcast or one word please check us out on there and follow us but apart from that thanks boys thanks everyone for listening and up the villa up the villa cheers Ames. up the villa come on boys I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it.